You always hear people say that this election is the single most important one of our lifetime. Well, in 2020, it certainly is. Hey, everybody. This is Rob Smith with the LSD Podcast, urging you, if you haven't already registered to vote, be sure to do so as soon as you can. You can go to USA.gov. They'll give you all the information on how your vote can matter. Whether you vote Republican or Democrat or Independent, it doesn't matter to me as long as you vote. You can call 1-844-USA-GOV-1. Contact your local precinct for voter information. Whatever you do, people, please vote because this election is the most important one in our lifetime. Uh, welcome back. We are in the uh, in the palatial uh, Fame DJ School Studios, where it is the LSD Podcast Season Two Episode. What are we four? Four. I think we're at four. Season Two. Yeah, we made it. All right. And the famed DJ, the, the famed Fame DJ Studio. We got sponsorships now, dude. It is. It's it's lighting up. We're gonna be we're gonna be over uh, ten dollars in the bank account before you know it. I can't wait. So. Um, you wanted to ask me about my knee. Yeah, so I walked in today to uh, have a recording session, and I see that you're you're not hobbling, but you're very concerned about something that happened to your knee this weekend. So, please tell me about why your, how your body betrayed you this time. Well, something uh, probably one of the funniest things I've seen on Facebook in uh, ever was uh, something that said when you when you turn fifty, the check engine light comes on. And, uh, yeah, but normally I've had uh, issues with, I've had, I've had two eye surgeries in the last two years. I had uh, nasal surgery. I've had, um, what else? Uh, just eyes, ears, nose, all and your, All your orifices have taken a beating here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, so, I, but, you know, physically, the rest of my body, I've been, I've been blessed and fortunate to, uh, to not have a lot of major issues. Had a lot of back issues in my 30s due to a couple automobile accidents, but... Funniest thing, I, I DJed a party Saturday night, and it was a uh, it was the first one in seven months, pretty much. So everybody there was excited. They got into the theme, and they just they just they just went crazy. So so dancing, I was out there dancing with people, doing the line dances, just kind of letting a little bit of that pent up frustration. Sure. Didn't have any issues at all. Never felt a twinge of pain. Nothing. Well, you know what they say after a car accident, you don't feel the pain sometimes until two or three days later. Right. So. So this is um, what you're thinking. I I still got it. This is great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm 57 with the with the the mindset of a 27 year old, not realizing the body's a a good twice twice as uh, twice as old well, as I think I am. And if you've never done the wobble, it is pretty. You know, there's some jumping. So yeah. You, your knees have if, to function if you do it right. Yep. There's there's jumping. That's there's true. these people that do this little step forward nonsense, whatever, bunch of pussies. But uh, so it was weird because I'm watching football. The only thing I did Sunday afternoon, my wife was out of town, so the only thing I did was the only thing I lifted was a Mountain Dew and a remote control. That go. was that was my heavy lifting. It's good Sunday, right? Well, all of a sudden, I I got up off the couch and my leg had my left leg had just like locked up, 
the knee wouldn't I had no range of motion it wouldn't bend it wouldn't straighten out it was painful I couldn't put weight on it and I'm like what the hell happened uh, I, who hurts themselves sitting on the couch like you're watching football you're not supposed to hurt your knee during that portion now I, I will say there may be a correlation because it happened right around the same time Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL sympathy pain and was out for the year and it was his left knee mm. so there could be something there Madame Spuchka, who did that, uh, you know, fortune telling thing yeah. for me, she may have been right on that. You, you have some sort of like ESP connection with Odell. When you hurt, he hurts. Yeah, I get ESPN mm-hmm. all the time. Perfect. I, it's it's pretty much on all that the time. That explains it. But anyway, but up, so uh, <laughs> and I and I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, okay, well maybe I just need to move it and work it out. Ow, 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 the whole day. So I wrapped it in a ace bandage, put some uh, cream and stuff on it. Uh, uh, ben Gay. Normally, I ask you about that because you've been gay your whole life. But anyway, <laughs> so and it was just painful. I picked my wife up at the airport and I said, "Honey, I'm just going to hit the button on the back hatch, put your shit in there because I can't even want to get out of the car." And we got out of the car, and because she had to stop and go to the bathroom, and I really had to too. I had to go to the bathroom so bad I wouldn't even walk from the car to the bathroom. That's how bad it hurt. So at this point, what are you thinking? What, I'm, I, I'm thinking I tore my ACL, my MCL, I've got a dislocated patella. You know, my medical degree it ranks right up there with my law degree and my sure. political science degree. Um, I, I, I have as many degrees as, as Sean Hannity does. Let's just put it that way. College, don't, don't, don't college, college dropout. So Monday morning, I make a call to um, a doctor up here in the Spring Hill area who I saw for uh, a, a cortisone injection in my shoulder a couple of years ago. And I said, I, okay. She goes, what's the problem? I told her. She goes, well, you know, he can see you uh, today at about uh, three hours from now. So, well, fast forward to yesterday, around the same time, I had to take a package over to the UPS drop-off location to ship it. And I'm standing across the counter from the girl who's ringing up the order and asking me the zip code and stuff. And all of a sudden, while just standing there, you hear this huge, loud pop it startled her it startled the lady next to me and they looked at me this would be the equivalent of ripping a loud fart and watching two people react just that out of nowhere and and they looked they looked at me what 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 what, what, was that you and i'm like i yeah i i I think it was i said was it that loud i were hearing aids and they go yeah that was quite loud are you okay what what was that and i said i think it was my knee my knee popped back into place at that exact moment just out of nowhere. Standing there. I wasn't stretching it. I was, maybe I shifted my weight or something. Right. But it was crazy. It popped right back into place. And as you see now, no problems at all. Freedom of movement back 100%. That, so, your doctor was so good, he relocated your knee before you even had to go in. That's crazy. Yeah, they're doing all kinds of, the technology nowadays is amazing. You know, <laughs> so he just, Alexa, fix my knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better. You can. You didn't have to hobble over to the studio doors. Exactly, and but it, but it was crazy because I just—I mean, I, I now I've had issues with my right knee from time to time where it will become terribly weak, like it just—it's like, but it doesn't hurt. It's not painful. It's, it's just like, like it's just like the the strength and the ability to hold me up just goes. Nope, we're taking a break today. Yeah. So hobble for a little while today. 
But uh, I mean, I've had I've had issues with uh, you know as you get older. You know, it's a physical you, job too. You, you stand up in the morning, you stretch, and you realize, oh, I just pulled a muscle while I was stretching. Oh, absolutely. I I pulled muscles yawning in the side of my neck. It just catches. Oh no, that's pathetic. I'm sorry. I thought I was bad. You you pulled a I'm muscle while you. yawning. And I'm not. I didn't hit fifty yet, so I can only imagine where I'm headed. It's 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 not going to be pretty. Well, according to my wife, you would already be fifty. Oh. Okay. So. The the second a person turns whatever decade, yeah. she starts calling them the next decade. She tells people she I've, rounds up. Ever since I turned my my fiftieth birthday, that you were there. Um, yeah, she's been saying, "Oh yeah, Rob's Rob's almost 60. My wife was doing that to herself. She she was like twenty eight. Oh, I'm going to be thirty. I'm like. You will eventually, yeah, but not tomorrow. Just enjoy it. You yeah, don't have to skip absolutely. ahead. Let's enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> so we are right now ten days. Oh God, ten anxiety. We're not. Wait, wait, we're not. We're not even ten days. I'm sorry. Are we? It seems like 10. it's November third, and this would be Today's the twenty eighth. off. Yeah, twenty eighth, dude. We're less than a week away. Oh God. Less than a week away from the 2020 election. Um, I'd like to talk a lot about that in in segment number one with your uh, permission, of of course. course. I think it's valid. So of the, they estimate uh, right now, there's been between 28 and 35 million early votes. Early votes, not absentee. Right. Early votes. It's amazing. What's your thought, theory, idea of looking at the lines and seeing all the masks, does that indicate to you that they're voting Biden, or um, or, or are these Trump fans disguising themselves behind the masks to give Democrats a feeling of security? I, you know, that if that's a that's a really good question. I know I, I'm I'm great with really uh, good questions. I we'll see how you are with really good answers. Well, that that's that's to be that's part two coming soon on the lighter side of dark. Good answers. Um, I don't know if they think that far ahead. Oh, masks so I can fool someone. Uh, you know, they're too busy yelling about their individual liberties and looking at people like they're the ones that are stupid for trying to, you know, just have a basic understanding of science. Um, I think most of the people that are voting early are probably voting for Biden. I just think they're the ones that are scared of what's happening and they want to make sure that their vote doesn't get screwed with. And uh, I've noticed that at my polling place, the lines every day have been consistent, but people have been definitely have been voting early. I just suspect it's for that reason. They're just, they want this right to end, just like I do. So I hope that's the case. Well, I, I see a percentage. Uh, they have been doing exit polling of people who have voted early, and there are not as many people coming forward because of the, somebody asking them a question means they're part of the media. Right. That's usually when I thought Trumpers would be approaching them going, I just voted for Donald J. Trump. Keep America great again. You know, um, but I, I, there's, they're, they're estimating again over 75 to 78% are voting Democrat. Whether it's Biden, I think that goes without saying, but they're voting Democrat. Yeah. Um, maybe there's going to be a shift in the Senate. I think we're going to gain more. House seats. There's no doubt in my mind we're going to gain more, gain more House seats. If we're going to get any progress in this country, if we're going to move towards any kind of renewable energy or any kind of green initiative, we absolutely need to get that done and flip that. Well, the the weird part about it is um, America was in bad shape during the Depression, and World War II came along and kind of galvanized everyone against exactly. a, a an enemy, and uh, we got our pride back. Same thing in 2000. It can happen. 
now because it happened in 2001 with 9-11. All of a sudden, everybody was waving a flag. No one was Republican or Democrat. Um, the sad part about that is that's when our government decided, all Republicans and all Democrats decided, let's do this Patriot Act thing. And let's call it the Patriot Act. Let's paint it red, white, and blue. Because, you know, Walmart's colors are kind of red, white, and blue. That's a, a fallacy that a lot of people don't realize. It makes them think they're buying American when... Over 90, Probably the furthest from it. 91% of the stuff in there is not. But I, I look at, we, we've got a lot of uh, reparations to do within our own country, oh, let, let alone for Black Lives Matter. But I think uh, there's just a lot of reparations that need to be finished, and it isn't going to be step, something that's going to be done quickly. But I, I'm thinking early voting right now, I'm thinking that's going to give Biden a little bit of a head start. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't think, I know 150,000% that uh, Trump's base is going to vote, vote early and vote often uh, as much as they can. Um, so if you, if you look at 336 million people in America and they estimate 195, almost 200, 200 million are able to vote legally, of those, 75% of them are registered, so you're looking at 150 million. Of the 150 million, if you think the last election, uh, only about 110 million actually voted. Yeah. 60%. Right. They said about 60% of people voted in the last election. Uh, The highest turnout, I think, was 70% at one time. So there's 30% of people who don't vote. And I think that's going to change this year. It looks, if my math is kind of right, it sounds like there's been more ballots already cast like about 30% of the total votes of the 2016 election. Yeah. In, in, in North Carolina, passed. for one, their their early voting has surpassed what their in, yes. in-person voting was four years ago. Texas youth voting was up by 600%. I was really 600%. That's insane. That's crazy. So I think people are just scared. They don't want their future to be in the hands of a psychopath, and they just, they just want to kind of shake up the snow globe and, and start over. And drain the swamp. Oh my God! What if this was some grand plan on his way out? Whenever he, all the Republicans are being taken away and voted out, and he just kind of winks at the cameras like, "I told you." That would be- well, well, Donald Donald Trump said something in March. It's a direct quote, which is something we're big on. This podcast is actually saying his direct quotes um, when it was brought up about universal mail-in balloting. He said, if that was the case, no Republican would ever want this because no Republican would ever be elected again. I remember that. He said it flat out. Yeah, he says the quiet part out loud on on a regular... And of course... Yeah, he says the quiet part out loud on a regular basis, and there's another example. Well, that lets you know that the the majority of people in America um, are either... A Democrat or Democrat leaning, or more, I say more liberal leaning. You can find Republicans who are liberal as much as you can find Democrats who are conservative. One brand doesn't mean the other. Yeah, um, it's become very all or nothing the last you know twenty years, and more so than it really needed to. But uh, I agree. There's people who have you know different shades in their in their political leanings. Absolutely. How come uh, how come people are upset? Because Biden's talking about taxing large corporations and generating um, 
a trillion dollars a year in tax revenue. Why? I don't. I don't know why anybody would be upset. By why are you okay with large corporations not paying taxes? That's what I would counter it with. Is why? Why are you okay with that? Why? Why did I pay more than Donald Trump in taxes last year? Well, because um, a lot of his followers believe that fascism is is capitalism light. You know, it, it's disguised as capitalism. Right. And when you look at um, in 2009, when the Affordable Health Care Act was being put through Congress for the first time, my brother explained to me that the Affordable Health Care Act was going to bankrupt every private insurance company in America. And I hate to break it to him, but Blue Cross, Humana, United Healthcare, Cigna, and all of these companies still had profits. Oh, yeah. In, into the hundreds of millions of dollars per quarter. Their stockholders didn't get those huge $17,000 dividend checks every quarter. They only got $10,000 dividend checks. But now, over the last 10 years, it's now blown up to the point where they're making scary high profits again. That's why premiums have dropped a little bit. The Affordable Health Care Act could certainly be revamped a little bit, mm-hmm. tweaked a little bit. Just like that, um, what is that document called? The Constitution. That one could also be revamped a little bit. Could, could use a little rewrite. Maybe some amendments after this, hopefully. Well, the hard part about amendments is you have to have a supermajority in the House and a supermajority in the Senate to get mm-hmm. an amendment. And right now, I think we're too polarized to make oh, that happen. 100%. Okay. They, they talked about that uh, the other night on, the, uh, on Real Time with Bill Maher. Uh, the Mooch was on there. Scaramucci. Scaramucci. Did not like the guy when I first uh, started watching him and listening to him, but he's he's really got an inside track on, on what goes on inside and he was part Trump's of it. head. You know, he was part of it. I know I know two weeks or whatever isn't a whole lot, but yeah. not many people last. Well, he says he was there for a Scaramucci, which is 11 days. That's, That's so a new measure of time. So a fortnight is 14 days and a Scaramucci is 11. Guy's so got a time unit of time named after. Four him. days ago, we were a scaremooch away from the election. Okay. So yeah, we have less than one week before this election, and I, I think it's I think Trump's going to lose. Um, I have this funny feeling that he's going to lose substantially, uh, but I don't think that's going to be the end of it. Oh, it won't. Um, he'll never concede. Uh, and then when it goes to because that I think it's December eighth or ninth where it has to be official. Yeah. They have to make an official decision by that time. And I think even at that point, even if it's official, they were talking about how the several states do not have the Electoral College is not written in stone, Mm -hmm. where they can go in and go, well, even though Biden won the popular vote in our state, our electors are going to be given to Donald Trump because we we agree with him and we feel like yeah. the election's been rigged. That that's my fear is the going to know which swing states to hack or or illegitimize in order to get the. Uh, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, what's the the vote? The um. How long you been in broadcasting, Paul? <laughs> too, too long, apparently. Yeah. Is the sun in your eyes? <sighs> Boy. Did the dog eat your smartphone? It, well, it ate my brain. Well, let me ask you this: the electoral college is is supposed to be set up in a way to uh, that's directly related to population. Right. How come senators aren't done the same way? There's a lot of questions and loopholes that have yeah. come up in the last four years. There's two senators uh, for Wyoming, and each one of them represents about, I don't know, 
400,000, 500,000 people, and you have two senators in California right. that, re that represent 45 million people each. Seems a little, a little bit on, on. But yet, but yet they go, they go. Well, the electoral college, you know, the more people in the state, the bigger, the more electors you you provide for the college. I'd like the idea of making the electors based on population, but senators based on population, or flip it. Each state gets two electors. Yeah, there's there's too many vulnerabilities. Or, or, or maybe you did, maybe you, maybe you end up doing three electors instead. End up with three. Yeah. So you could say uh, the vote was close. We're going to give one elector to Biden, one to Trump, but Biden got the popular, so Biden gets two out of the three. Right. You have a deciding elector, basically, yeah. uh, in the event of something like that. So they can't just <clears throat> stack a court and then pick a winner when they decide that they don't like the outcome, because that's you know, that's what I'm worried about. I think that's what well. I, I I think if this if this ends up becoming a um, a Biden mandate, which it could, uh, just a, a real landslide, and then. Trump ends up finding some way to steal it, I think you're going to have the great majority of the country feel completely disenfranchised to the point where oh, they, may, they may never vote again. You'll have mass nationwide strikes, I think, if something like that happens. Well, that's what they do in France. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying France is the, is the best example of a democratic nation in the world, but when, and when French people don't like something, they basically, they basically say, uh, if you go on strike, yes, no, the airplanes will not be flying. The buses will not be driving. The trash will not be picked up. And the croissants and will not be baked. You want, like you said, you want the croissant. You can't fuck right off. You want the butter? Sorry, we no churn. So, uh, Americans are, are very selfish in 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 so far as they would never strike because they just they they just don't have that spirit anymore. They're flag waving, um, anti-socialist talking, but they won't. They won't, well, I got to go to work because I got to make money because I got to buy to chewing tobacco. <laughs> yeah, that is that is probably uh, high on their list if they talk like that. <laughs> if that's their rationale. Well, I could do country voices just like you can. You did one a couple weeks ago, and it sounded pretty good. Well, you know, I've been, I've been down here in uh, uh, Florida for what, 20 You know something we ought to consider doing, Solio? We ought to do our entire podcast one time as Trump supporters. Oh, man. We'd have to fill three hours, these whole hours. Well, how many? I mean, we could certainly talk all about how, how great and glorious our Lord and Savior Donald Trump is. He wants to make America great That's again. That's how many, how many different ways. It's like talking about Trump, it's like when you're making Mexican food. It's like the same four things, a hundred different ways when they're defending him. He loves this country, man. I want someone who's going to keep the illegals out. He's a businessman, blah, blah, blah. It's like the three things they say. I'm like, that really? That's your, that's your big championing of, of i just don't i don't know <laughs> well it. my um, my wife got upset with me the other night and the best the best part about running a podcast like mm -hmm. this is we can talk all kinds of shit about our wives and we don't have to worry about it because they don't listen they hear us talk enough at home enough. Right, definitely but my wife got upset with me and she actually she actually mm -hmm. said something that i learned in marriage counseling a long time ago you're not ever supposed to say mm -hmm. but she said well i wish i had a husband who fill in the blank and I said, well, I said, um, it was something about, uh, I wish I had a husband who would say something to me like this. And I said, well, why don't you vote for Trump? Why don't you go to one of these Trump rallies? You'll find plenty of guys who will say all kinds of stuff you want them to say. They'll never do anything. <laughs> They'll never actually 
complete the task. They'll pro- they but they'll say all kinds of things you'll like them to say. How's that wall coming? So I said, listen. I said, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't say the right thing. I, I, you, you knew you knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Super Chicken. <laughs> you you knew what you were getting when you married me. I was a you went into this thing wide right. open, eyes wide open, and 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 so on. <laughs> it's true. You, you got to know you know somebody when you get married. Okay, yeah. Hopefully. Well, you should. You should ideally. Even even though a lot of women think, well, I can fix him. Oh yeah, I can fix him, and she won't change. Once I marry him, once I get the ownership document marriage license back in the mail from the state then i can change him well um i've had uh, a few ex-wives who attempted to do that and and failed now that does not mean that i'm not willing to improve as a husband and improve as a father oh, of course. and improve as a friend and and i want to try to be a better person absolutely but not 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 by direct order <laughs> yeah that, that's that's essentially what you're asking not by direct order I wish I had. Can we get a husband in here who does and says this and action? So um, let's let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. If Trump wins the election, we will do an entire podcast as two Trump supporters. I don't know if I'm going to be able to to make it. Paul, you're a good enough actor. Not not to do the podcast. I just don't know if I'll be able to go on. Oh, okay, I'll make a <laughs> compromise with you. We'll do one entire segment as Trump supporters. Yeah, we can. Right, I one. just hope it. I just hope it doesn't come to that. That's really. I don't dread playing a character and making fun of it. I dread the reality of it. So yeah. I'm hoping we don't have to do that. We can still do it afterwards, after the election, if he loses. I'd still be okay. <laughs> that would be my send off. What I think would be fun is is to go on Facebook and pull up all of those wonderful Trump memes and read a bunch of those after he gets his like ass kicked. Like the shit where it's like his head on Rocky's body and and him with a Rambo's bazooka, like. A, this is this is what they're clinging to. This is the hero that they're creating, a badly photoshopped '80s war. Yeah, but <laughs> but the evangelicals that have jumped on board with him cracked me up. If Obama had been married three times, had kids with three different marriages, yeah. Well, he fits the Trump. Trump he, fits he, right into the evangelical complete hypocrisy. You know, this all this prosperity gospel. The more you give me, God's gonna love you. Is basically what they're preaching in not so many words and they love that that he's like oh he sees stupid people too he knows how to work people and 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 manipulate them too he's our hero he's our prophet it's disgusting well prophet as in p-r-o-f-i-t exactly he's a prophet for profit how about that yeah i don't know know if trump's ever made a profit the more the more we get uh info on his financial dealings Oh, I had dinner last night. The guy sat across the table from me talking about how great of a businessman Trump was. And I said, yeah, but I said after the fourth or fifth bankruptcy, eventually you figure yeah. it out, right? And like I, you know, even the, like the casino thing, people say, how do you bankrupt a casino? Well, all that tells me is it was for money laundering. So either he can't run a casino or he was using it for money laundering. So it's one of the two if you're closing a casino. <laughs> so either way, he's an ass. I'm very highly educated. I know words. I have the best words. I have the best. But there's no better word than stupid. Still my, one of my favorite Trump quotes of all time. Sums it up. All right, well, that's going to wrap up segment number one. We'll be back with segment number two. We're going to talk uh, some classic muscle cars being brought back into the fold. And our third segment this week is about... Uh, we changed it slightly, right, Paul? I think we went to Mount Rushmore of uh, Halloween songs. Halloween songs, as opposed... We, we can talk about Halloween traditions, but yeah. songs we're going to we're gonna be yeah. back. Halloween is a theme. 
for sure. All right. We'll be back right after this. This is Solio from the lighter side of dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world, Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call, go to their website, check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see www.ourcuppycakes.com where you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes. Well, it came up in conversation the other day. We were talking about our favorite game shows from back in the day. Well, guess what? You can have your own game show right now. Not only the comfort of your own home, but for a social event and gathering, Hey everybody, it's Rob Smith with the LSD Podcast here to talk to you about Game Show Party. Real, live, TV-style game shows brought to you where you get to be the contestant. All your favorite game shows like Family Feud, Pyramid, The Dating Game, The Really Wed Game, Match Game, and Jeopardy. All of those are available. All you have to do is go to the website, gameshowparty.com. There's videos, pictures you can look at. Maybe you want to use Game Show for a fundraiser, just a private party at home, or what a fantastic way to get everybody at your company together for some morale boost and team building. So again, you can call 727-531-8880. Visit the website at gameshowparty.com for more information. I've seen these guys in action. It's an absolute blast. So give them a call, 727-531-8880. All right, we are back for segment two. Episode four, season two. How many? How how many episodes did we make it through so far? I don't even know. I've I've lost uh, I've lost track, which is a good thing. Yeah, that is good. We've been doing it long enough. Well, we've been talking good things. Let's talk sad things real quick. Rays lost the World Series last night. Yeah, and and and, and it was really this was it was looking like they had that chance to be an underdog victor again because of the depth of the bullpen and their starting pitching. It just was not to be. Yeah, they, they lost a lot of close games. Um, I don't think the Dodgers, it, it may look, it you know, gave four games to two will look like kind of a domination in, in looking back in history, but they really weren't dominated. They just didn't get the clutch hitting. And, and last night in the bottom of the ninth, two guys stood there and just watched strike two, strike three go by, didn't even swing the bat. Got in their own head a little bit. And, and my high school baseball coach made it very v- abundantly clear. He didn't like uh, uh, basically a strikeout where you're just standing there. Yeah. You've got to swing that bat. You've got to have a chance to hit that ball. It's shocking to the major league level particularly to see, pe- to see hitters take a called strike, especially since you're taught even as a kid to, to foul it off if it's anywhere close to the strike zone so they mm-hmm. can get another crack at it. 
but for that, that just when I see that, that just tells me they were completely fooled by the pitch. They were, you know, timing their swing for a fastball, and they got locked up because it was an off-speed pitch, and they just, you know, there's that. It's easy to to say that when we're watching, but anyone who's faced even a 70 mile or 80 mile an hour fastball, you know, good luck hitting it consistently if you're not a player. <laughs> well, if you're having issues with the uh, speed of the pitcher, get a lighter bat. That's what I did. Yeah, got bat I, speed. I, I choked up, adjusted my stance. Because I'm going to hit, the, I'm going to, you know, get, you got 90 degrees to put that ball yes. in play, and that's that's the main thing, and that's what is so important. So that's why you probably hit for a high average because you probably used the whole field when you could. Mark. If the deepest deepest home run I ever hit in my career was uh, was an opposite field Oppo. opposite field shot. All right, Paul, I want to show you a photo of the uh, of the brand new, soon to be released Chevelle. Oh wow. It shows you say in classic muscle cars that that seems to have both of those qualities covered. To take a closer look, you can you can you can touch my phone. It's right, been uh, it's I been it's, it's been sanitized for your pleasure. <laughs> so it shows a, cl- a classic seventy Chevelle above it. Yeah. So in in along the lines of the Camaro, in along the lines of the uh, resurrected Dodge Challenger. Yeah. I'm I'm disappointed though because they they anticipate the sticker price on this car is going to start at sixty-two thousand dollars. Wow, Six, sixty-two grand. When when a typical Chevy Impala right now yeah. is twenty-five. I know that that seems uh, obviously there's a reason they're, they're they're targeting a very specific demographic. And that's just curious to me, especially now, to to come out with car at that price point. Again, you know they knew, they do enough market research. I'm assuming to know who they're going after, but. I couldn't fathom buying a sixty-two thousand dollar car unless I had fuck you money. I just, yeah. I just couldn't. If I'm going to drop sixty-two, I'm going to get a Z06 Corvette that's going to hold its value. Now, now don't get me wrong. We we don't know if this Chevy, this new twenty twenty-one or twenty twenty-two Chevy Chevelle, will hold its value. But let's talk about some some cars that have been resurrected, where they where they made their mistakes and where maybe they got things right. The Dodge Challenger. A used Dodge Challenger, a used one, six, seven years old, is still twenty grand. So they're holding their value. Yeah, that's important. I mean, that's the impressive. the Mustang when they redesigned the Mustang and brought it back in '05. My ex-wife bought one. It's a great car. Um, I'm not a Ford guy myself personally, but I can't complain about it. It was it was a nice looking car. Um, it it had that that classic Mustang look. Right. But I believe Mustangs had been discontinued. We might be have to look this up on the great and glorious Google. Mustangs were discontinued, I think, after 2001 or 2002, and then brought back in 05. Paul's checking on the on the great and glorious Google right now. Yeah, because um, I definitely remember uh, in the early 2000s, a couple of uh, co-workers having the, the, the Mustang. And they were ugly. And they were. And but I and I want to say they must have been affordable because it was like my first job out of college. So if if people a few years older than me had a Ford Mustang, I'm like, okay, that must be who they're going after. This continued in India. That's not what I typed. Anyway, um, I also know that they in the mid 1980s. I know this because I actually rented one. In the mid 1980s, they brought back the Ford Thunderbird. Okay. I remember that. And it was it was it was kind of a mid '80s European jogging shoe kind of design, 
And then they put the hard top on it with the little circular hole like the T-Bird and thought, wow, this looks just like a T-Bird. It didn't. It failed. And it didn't catch on. And then uh, Chevy came out with the SRT, which was their reenactment of the mid-50s pickup truck. Mm -hmm. The big bubble fenders, the big bubble hood, the rounded top, and then the square back. And the SRT sold pretty well, but there were a lot of mechanical issues, a lot of recalls, and I think I think it lasted three years, maybe three years. Um, and remember, the uh, Dodge Dodge came out with a similar look, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on the car now, but it was uh, it was the old uh, T bucket body, okay. the, uh, the 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 kind of the mid 30s Ford looking body style with the open wheels on the front problem with that was safety practicality insurance was through the roof because it had you know no windshield really of any type people are starting to catch on to the other side of driving it's not just if it's cool looking yeah it's sadly now nowadays it's it's got to have a decent roll cage Uh, (laughs) yeah you gotta worry about a roll cage so out of all of the cars what first of all what was your first car my first car um that I that you that I inherited you, like to drive for myself, you, or that I purchased. Uh, let, let, give me both. Okay, the first car um, I was as as a kid, I was uh, my my parents were kind enough to give me their old Honda Civic when they wanted to get a new one. It was an '88 Honda Civic, so it was it had quite a few miles on it, but it was a Honda Civic, so you like keep them as long as you can, kind of thing. They run like a sewing machine, right? And I, and I loved it. And I had that for probably 10 years. And it was free. And it was free, which is even better. And the first car I ever purchased was a, an 04 Elantra. Blue. Little little sunroof. Very Just a very modest little... I was proud in my uh, early 20s. It was my, my desk job. I could buy this little car. I got about 100000 out of that. Yeah, it was... You know, it's something about having your own car. You, you, it's, 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 a, it's, a rite of, it's a rite of passage. It's like a baby. Yeah. It's a rite of passage for a guy. Yeah, I what, think. What did you have a few growing up throughout the years? Oh my gosh! You, and you had some trouble with a few. Well, yeah, I've, or I've got had, into some trouble I, almost. With I, a few. I've, I've, I've had my uh, my share of vehicles over the years. Um, I'll highlight a couple of them. Uh, when I was fifteen, uh, my my brother, the uh, the uh, right wing nut job from Indiana. If you're listening, what's up, brother? Um, <laughs> I, I know he's not he's listening. Not. I know he's not listening because he can't push a button on a phone. Um, so he was a was and still is an incredible automobile mechanic. And he uh, he called me one afternoon and uh, back in the day you were talking about back in the day when people actually answered the phone. I answered. He goes, "How much money you got on you?" I said, "I got like forty bucks, which was probably thirty nine more than he had." And he said, uh, "All right, I'm gonna come by and pick you up for a few minutes. We need to go buy this car." And then he hung up. So a few minutes later, he pulls up out front. We get in the car. We drive out to the west side of Indianapolis. And he goes, you need to get this car, man, because I know what's wrong with it. I can fix it, and it won't be much of anything. So we pull up, and there's a blue 1970 Chevy Nova sitting in this guy's front yard. And so we pull up, and my brother goes up and says, hey, I'm, uh, I'm Dwayne, uh, so-and-so's friend. I'm here about the car. So guy brings the comes brings the keys out. He goes, it doesn't start, doesn't have a battery in or anything. I don't really know what's wrong with it, but you know, it, it ran pretty good up until then. And my brother's like, well, my 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 little brother here is looking for a car, and I'm like, 
am I? I'm 15. I'm looking for a car. I had no idea. I, was, I guess I'm looking for a car. Looking for a car. So he he said, uh, he says, well, he goes, uh, he goes, I'll I'll let him talk to you. And I said, listen. I said, dude. I said, it's not running. Doesn't even have battery in it. We really don't know what's wrong with it. The interior is shot. I said, I don't know what to tell you. I said, I'll I'll give you like 20 bucks. Oh man, I can't I can't do 20 bucks, man. I said, listen. Here here here's the alternative. If you call uh, Tibbs Junkyard which is about five miles from here. They're going to send a tow truck out here. They're going to give you $40. You're going to give them the title, and they're going to tow your car away. Nobody's going to give you much more than that. But I'm here. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 40 And he took it. So we hooked a tow chain to it from my brother's car. We towed it back home. I sat at it and made sure to hit the brakes, and my brothers would hit the brakes. That's how you did things back in the day. You didn't even call a tow truck. We got it back home. We put a battery in it, and back in those days, batteries were just interchangeable. Right. You didn't have to go to the store to get the specific battery for your specific cold cranking amps, whatever. It's like a car battery. It had a positive and a negative in it, so we put a battery in it. My brother said, timing chain's bad. This is the point where you could reach over and replace the timing chain in 40 minutes. He didn't have all the anti-pollution crap on him and so on. And he was going there and turned it over. We turned it over. Heard some ticking on the lifter, so we put a couple of push rods in it. And this thing was uh, had a 307 V8 in it. Power glide transmission with just two-speed. High and low. That was all it had. Damn thing ran like crazy. Went to a junkyard a few weeks later. Found a beautiful blue interior for it that matched it. Wow. I 25 bucks. I think I paid for all the door panels and the back seat top and stuff. After a while, I had this car ready to go. I got my license that summer. Uh, and uh, it was a car I drove my senior year of high school. And I ended up selling it for $700. So I bought it for 40 Sold it for 700 That's what we call in the business world turning a profit. Yes, yes. Turning a profit. Yeah, but, it's not, not often you can but see that. out of all the cars I had during that time, the one I wish I had back, I bought a 1973 Dodge Challenger RT. Two-tone blue paint, 383 Magnum. <sighs> I'm waiting for the two tones to come back. God, did I love that car. I, Challenger, always been my favorite car. People think it's the Corvette. Corvette. I've owned several Corvettes. Right, you have. Them. Love them. Love them. Absolutely love Corvettes. Corvette guy too. But, but that that Challenger was without a doubt the absolute the absolute uh, favorite car. So like the muscle car a little more than the sports car. After uh, all is said and done. Yeah. If I if I had a chance to go back in time and get a car back, I'd get that car back right now. I guarantee you, I could sell that car for forty grand. Yeah. Forty. Interior was great. Body was in great shape. It had some Bondo work done on it, but the, right. the two-tone paint job was was incredible. And the only reason I got rid of it is uh, they, I was driving in Indianapolis in the winter time, and snow and ice and so on. And those of you that have never seen a Challenger, look up the picture. Huge hood, huge wide body stance, huge interior, teeny weeny little ass end, and almost no trunk space, which means no weight in the rear end. The snow was not a fan of the God vehicle. reached down one night as I was getting on an on-ramp on 465, the highway, kind of like 275, lifted the ass into that car up and spun me out. And I was facing the wrong way on the highway with, with trucks going by. Bah, bah, bah. Oh, wow. I, I, I literally almost wet myself. I was scared. Oh, and I, I, I got it started again. I got off to the road, and I was shaking. Some guy even pulled over. Dude, are you okay? What happened? I said, I just lost control. He said, yeah, I thought you were going to hit three people. Oh. Sold the car a few weeks later yeah. than that for significantly more than I paid for it. So I was flipping cars before flipping cars was cool. Yeah, and, and that's, again, that's tough to do. To, to, to be able to flip a car for profit, you really have to be into and understand the mechanics of it and 
you know, like, okay, like your brother said, I know what's wrong with this. I can fix this. You know if it's worth it. Even just for yourself to get a cheap car to go, mm-hmm. to go it's great. Point, it's, point, point A to point B. It is a valuable a valuable skill mechanic uh, to, to be a mechanic. Yeah, when, when, Chevy, when Chevy brought back the Camaro, I, I, I kind of liked it until I drove one. I drove one at my uh, 30-year high school reunion. And that's a big deal. How do they feel? You know, it, But no visibility. The visibility in those things are terrible. And everybody who I know who has one says the same thing. It's just there's blind spots oh, everywhere. Yeah. And the original Camaros were they had high bodies. They had high tops and yeah. stuff. They, they, but they, they want to cram everything down low for better gas mileage and less wind resistance. Aerodynamics and stuff, okay. What other remake cars? What remake cars would you like to see them come back with? Oh boy! Because um, they've the right. they've obviously redone the Mustang. They've redone the Camaro. What's due? What what something's got to be due for a retro a retro bring back? And I'm trying to place from a time frame standpoint. Well, they brought they brought back the Charger. And they the brought Char- back the Bug 15 years ago. Remember that when they brought those new Beetles? They yeah. they, they bring back everything. I'm well, those to- things those things are like go karts. You ever you ever ridden one or driven one? They're like go karts. Yeah. Oh no, I haven't I haven't ever been in one because yeah. I never really had the. Desire. You just you just feel like you're driving a toy. That's what I that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you think that's cute? I'm glad you enjoy your little VW Bug, but I don't want to drive something named after an insect. Uh, I don't want to get, that makes me think I'm going to get squished. Yes, but that's our, our good friends, the Germans and Volkswagen. Well, you know, very, uh, German engineering very good. But, uh, so, uh, Farfeknugen. Yeah, Farfeknugen it is. If you like the, the trunk and the... Well, like I said, they brought back the Charger as a four-door. Doesn't that kind of... Isn't that kind of a contradiction almost? They brought back the Charger as a four-door. My buddy, my, my buddy Dave owns one, and it's a cool car. I've ridden it right. many, many times. I, I like it, but why did they... I mean, seriously, that's like bringing back the Roadrunner as a four-door. It, certain cars are designed to be coupes, and certain cars are designed to be a sedan. and That's, that's like a weird compromise, it seems like. Well, well for example, Cutlasses. Cutlasses were two-door mm-hmm. coupes. And, and four-door sedans. Okay. So they had, they, they specifically had... Chevy Chevelles were two-door and four-door. Heck, we, we had a Chevelle station wagon when I was growing up. You want to talk about a car that balls to the wall. <laughs> I outran the police in that car in a high-speed chase. Damn. My junior year of high school. My brother told that story at my 50th birthday. I don't know if you remember it. I do remember. Because and, and I'm pretty sure you got away from the yes, cops. Yes, I, I got away. landed I, in the driveway. I got, a, I got away from the cops only to come home and find that my mother and father had been listening to the police scanner. Whoops. Which is free. You can do that. Yeah. And that. Uh, my mom pulled up and said, how was roller skating? And I'm like, it was, <laughs> it was good. Issues. Well, you have your ticket stubs, I'm sure, if that's where you were. I'm like... At that point, my brother's on, on, on the porch just laughing hysterically because he knows I'm so She's busted. got the bullshit meter out, and it's red light. It's pegged. And so she goes, I think I'll go get the keys, and I'll give your friends a ride home. I don't think you need, you know, oh, boy. And the, the funniest part about that, I wasn't grounded. She just literally worked me like a Hebrew slave for the next three weeks. Well, you know what? That kind of, there's the punishment. I'm just going to kind of make you uncomfortable for a while. And yeah. Know she she made me work so hard, I had no desire to go out at night. Boy, that's hard work. Are you familiar with a, um, what was called a ringer sewing machine? Uh, excuse me, washing machine? Uh, that sounds oh. familiar. I don't know that I've... Uh, well, you heard, run through the ringer. Yeah, there you go. Another, another one, one of those, those phrases. phrases. 
Well, the, the, the ringer is the old-fashioned washing machines where you would put your clothing in there, and they would jostle and wash, and then you would pull them out and put the clothing into this ringer, Throwing and you out. manually had to turn a crank and pull it through, and that would that was that would pull pull all the moisture out, and then mm-hmm. you had to take it and run it through again, and then you could put them in the dryer, or then you could hang them outside. Right. Using a ringer washing machine is that'll that'll get you some uh, painful. Build those uh, those triceps a little bit. I would think the forearms that would work. Yeah. To the point I would Im- I would imagine if you put ringer ringer washing machines in state prisons, you'd have less recidivism of guys going back to prison if they had to work laundry probably they just you know all their energy and aggression would go towards getting the, those damn moisture out yeah yeah and my, my my mom would go get the drapes and the shears and we would wash those and my mom was a smoker so just the the soot that would come out of those things but she always used moments when i screwed up as the opportunity hmm. Well, let's get let's wash the drapes and the shears. Free labor no, you're that. kidding, mom. How about I give you a thousand dollars and you go hire some Chinese people to come in here and do this? They're good at that, aren't they? Um, so that's what somebody would have said in the seventies. I'm not saying that now in 2020, of course. Even though if you go into any dry cleaner store, there's typically someone of, 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 of Asian descent uh, working in there. So sometimes stereotypes are accurate. That's why they're called stereotypes. What other cars would you like to see remade? Because I'd like to see a Roadrunner, Road like that that square, nice. that square, '68 Roadrunner. Yeah. That like yes. like the Dukes of Hazard had. Oh, man, the General Lee. Mm-hmm. That would be. Well, for the well, Dukes of Hazard movie, they should have done one of the new Chargers. I'm surprised that they didn't, considering and what they did to welded Bumblebee the doors, the welded the doors shut, put the Confederate flag on top, put the O one one on the outside. They should have done that. Maybe they, they didn't. thought they would get too much backlash. That ain't the General Lee, man. That's a, that's some newfangled business. I yeah. want to see Bo and Luke in the classic. Yeah, but they had Burt Reynolds playing Boss Hog, so right. it's not like not like not they were they were like they were worried about accuracy or anything. It's true. Yeah. Sorrel Brook and uh, Burt Reynolds. I don't know if you've seen the two side by side. They don't look exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. They they, they they look like the lowercase letter and the uppercase letter of something. Yeah, Sorrel Brook looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. Just I, I, I did have uh, a group that came to the uh, uh, birthday party I DJed this past weekend, uh, where I obviously dislocated my knee without realizing it. And they were, um, as they walked in, I saw them and I went, how you guys are? And she goes, we're Dukes of Hazard." She was dressed like Daisy Duke, beautiful young girl, dressed just like Daisy Duke. Now, the other two guys were supposedly Bo and Luke, except they had on flannel shirts with the sleeves cut off and the shortest shorts I've ever seen on men and cowboy boots. What? Thank you. <laughs> so, so, they, so I said, you guys are Dukes of Hazard." I said, now... Daisy Duke is believable, but you two look more like Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody, when I said that over the microphone, they got a big kick out of it. Yeah, dudes wearing uh, denim shorts. I don't know if that's uh, the most Dude, these, macho maneuver. I, I, I said, listen, I said, I, said, I said, the only thing shorter than that is, uh, is John chapter 13, verse 3, Jesus wept. That's the only thing shorter than that. That is so horrible. It's like a guy getting a back tattoo above his butt, butt crack. Yeah, like a tramp stamp for yeah. a guy. Like. <laughs> but I got to tell you, the guy who won the costume contest, this was a, it wasn't a Halloween party, it was an uh, 80s theme, okay. and everybody got into it, which was a thrill for a DJ. When you see people, see people getting into the theme, I went dressed as Run DMC, but I was really more like Walk, walk D- DMC. Yeah, yeah, at, at my injury. age, at my age, I could have been Crawl DMC. 
Uh, so there was there was a guy, the guy who won $100 in the costume contest and a bottle of silver Patron. He was dressed like the bandit, and he was driving a, a plastic kitty electric Trans Am that he could barely fit in. So he comes tearing into the party and hits the dance floor and squeals out to the side, and everybody's just laughing. So when it comes time for the contest, I tell him, I say, well, I'm going to bring everybody, everybody who's in the contest out, and we'll play a little song for each one that goes along with their outfit. You be in the hallway, and I'm going to say, all right, I think we're, uh, I think we're done. Oh, oh, there's one more. We're, we're, he, so he's outside. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, and then I hit eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. He comes tearing through. Now, what he was supposed to do is do what he did originally: come right in, hit the dance floor, skid out. He lost complete control of the Trans Am, crashed right into a table of people. Oh my God! Debri- de- debris or debris, depending on whatever, however you pronounce it, <laughs> all over the place. And the crowd is in hysterics. The music's blaring. He's bounding down. <laughs> He's bounding real down. So finally, he, they, they, they get him out of the wreckage. <laughs> they get him out to the dance floor. And I walk up and I said, you know what? I put my arm around him. I said, you know what? We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> Farmers bump, but up, bump, 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 bump. And the client was cracking up about it. But it was just, it was a, it was a great party and everybody kind of got into it. Um, Trans Am though, that's an interesting one. They they really wouldn't have to do. They just they they take the new Camaro, they'd put T tops on it, Mm -hmm. put that uh, bubble hood uh, air air filter. um, What's it called? Scoop air scoop. Mm -hmm. Put that on it. Put the gold eagle on the front. You wouldn't have to really redo much of the new Camaro to make it look like a Trans Am. Put the little whale tail on the back. It'd be fine. Um, I'll tell you what. As much of a Corvette fan as I am, how cool would it be if they resurrected the second? body style of the corvette from 63 to 66 the bubble window in the back now my favorite corvette's a 63 not because of the year i was born but it's a split window okay that's my favorite how about that yeah they, maybe they will maybe they, you know they, they, it's it could be time it's been wow 60 63 would be oh boy is it really 57 years ago well i'm 57 so, so i was born in 63 yeah there so. you go boy it's time it's time. It's time to bring back a. Uh, I mean, I now don't get me wrong. The first, the first years of Corvette from '53 to '63, they their their body style changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they were real heavy in the front end, big front ends, light pointed little back ends. And um, by the way, uh, for any of our female listeners who think that I'm being sexist or body shaming, I'm quoting an article here. In uh, Road and Track magazine back in 08, they were talking about the new Corvette that was coming out in 08, the, the sixth sixth generation mm-hmm. body style change. They said Corvettes always start off with a smaller back end whenever they do a body style change. And then their, all their modifications is the ass end of the car gets bigger, kind of like a woman as she gets older. <laughs> That was a direct quote from Cart uh, from Road and Track. Obviously, not thinking a lot of women are going to read that article. Right, definitely. They're but not. if you if you look at that, the evolution of the Corvette, that's where they make the changes. They just make the ascent bigger, taller, rounder, wider. Right. Where they'll add an extra um, exhaust pipe on the back. Just little tweaks. Yeah. It's just tweaks. They don't really change too much of the front end. It's there's that happy meeting. You change too much, people get get mad because it's not the same vehicle. But if you don't change enough, it's like you just what's the point you know you're not you're not changing anything it's just it's just a, a copy paste i would love to see um ford 
come out with uh, a redo of their Econoline, Ford Econoline van that was also a pickup truck. Like a hybrid had, sort that's, of... It was a square front, had that long pickup truck back end. Yeah. It was dangerous. It was a dangerous vehicle to drive around in. It had a center of gravity that was just all messed up. That's why it was discontinued. Uh, the little red wagon uh, dragging dragster vehicle is the one that everybody has seen, mm-hmm. where it's got that mid-engine sitting right behind the cab. So I'd like to see him come out with something like that. And if VW wanted to get some attention, come back with a classic VW van. You know, it's funny you said that. I just saw one on the road yesterday, and it was, you know, how some of them were striking colors. They've, I've seen, like, powder blue. I think this one was a, a maybe a Kelly green or approaching it. Maybe not quite that bright. But it's, it like, you know, the round, round, round headlights, like, bug-eyed. It just, it, they stand out so much. It, maybe that was the sign. Having seen the VW van for the first time on the road in years. Well, I noticed how you worked in Kelly Green for our Irish listeners. Well, it's coming up there. we got Irish listeners over in the Emerald Isle Apparently. right now. Paul, and you're talking about Kelly Green. Way to, that's a nice way to bring him into the fold. We have uh, four people from Ireland who stumbled upon this by accident. Exactly. And they let it play while they went And they're going to tell all their friends we'll increase by maybe eight. There have been so many pints they've had. As long as they're not hung over at the pub. <laughs> that's right. All right, we're going to wrap up segment number two, and segment number three is coming up. We're going to be talking Halloween. Um, Paul, where can people uh, find out more about us? Oh, don't, for, don't forget to read our, our email. We have not been giving people our email address. We have We have been negligent. You have been negligent. Let's just put it that I've way. Neglected everybody. So sorry, everybody. If you would like to uh, email us for whatever reason, you want to say hi, you want to tell us to fuck off, you want to tell us what to talk about or what to skip. You can find us at listener at lightersideofdark.com. That's all one word, listener at lightersideofdark.com. You can go to our website directly. Yes, because there, there is a contact form on there where they can put their name in, their, their email address, a message. Yes, so if you want to like go that. to the website, lightersideofdark.com, and do more clicking and contact us through there, you can do it that way. If you have Facebook, which I hate, but I know we all have it, Go to. Uh, I'm on. am on Facebook Blue. Facebook Blue. Yeah. I just want to be around like-minded individuals. You know, in in my bubble. Those echo chambers, I tell you. Uh, LSD podcast. You can find us or lighter side of dark podcast. I'll bring it up as well. Come say hello, and uh, or don't, but say something to us. Back with Mount Rushmore right after these uh, commercial messages from our sponsors. have someone in your family that's almost impossible to buy a gift for. Maybe it's somebody uh, a little older than you that's picked up most of the things they've wanted most of their life. So again, maybe a gift card, another tie, or something like that. Have you ever considered giving them the opportunity to tell their own story? Hi everybody, this is Rob Smith with the LSD Podcast. I want to take a little bit about a company called My Forever Story. This is a fantastic gift. I've purchased several myself and I've seen the process in action. They get a chance to tell their life story in their own words using their own voice. 
Imagine how valuable this would be to people in the future who never got a chance to get to know them. This makes a great gift for parents, grandparents. It takes less than an hour, it costs less than $100, and the MP3 is available on the national website and can be shared with anyone in the world. I've heard stories where people have lost a loved one and they left their voicemail message on just so they could hear their voice. If you're one of those people, now you have an opportunity to not only just hear their voice, but hear them tell their life story. The questions are provided to them. They can pick and choose whatever questions they'd like to answer, and it's available again online. My Forever Story is a fantastic gift. Again, prices start at around $100, and it takes less than an hour. We can even come to them in the comfort of their own home. Gift certificates can be purchased, and I'd highly recommend it. No more saying at future family events, Oh, what was that story that Grandpa used to tell? Now you can actually hear it. So My Forever Story is where you need to go. The website is my, the number four, everstory.com. Call toll-free 1-866-913-3263. Once again, toll-free 866-913-3263. The website is my, the number four, everstory.com. Mention you heard about it on the LSD podcast and you'll receive two additional audio CDs for safekeeping. My Forever Story. Please consider it, won't you? Hey everyone, it's Solio from the lighter side of dark. Let's be honest, 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far and we could all probably use some laughs. When I need some laughs, my favorite place in the world to be is at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida. Live stand-up comedy every Wednesday through Sunday night. Nationally touring acts. There's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious. If you've never seen a live stand-up show, I want you to go. They are so much different in person, and they are so much better. You feel the energy. You really feel like you're part of something special. Sidesplitterscomedy.com. You can get your tickets online. You can pick out your seats online, so you can sit wherever you want. If you want to be in the back because you're afraid, that's fine. You can do that. Go to SidesplittersComedy.com and grab your tickets today. Segment three, our Mount Rushmore, and we ended up on, for Halloween, I think we decided, the Mount Rushmore of Halloween songs. Yeah, Halloween songs. Which is kind of, a few jump right out to me. Well, last week we we, we, we were going to do Halloween traditions, and then then I I thought, you know, I mean, trick-or-treating, obviously, is a Halloween tradition. Carving pumpkins, a.k.a. turning them into jack-o'-lanterns. Um TPing someone's house, soaping windows. That's the tricks of trick or treat if someone... And and when I grew up back in the 70s, we did that. If somebody's house was dark and they weren't giving out candy, we TP'd it or soaped the windows. Yeah, that's, uh, where, that's where it came from. Yeah, and, and now you'd have kids you know, being arrested for it and taken out of jail and all this kind of nonsense. Um, the 70s was a, was a different time. There was a lady named Mrs. Hagemeyer who gave away dimes. Instead of candy, she was awesome. Every kid in the neighborhood oh, okay. loved this. Okay. She gave you a dime, so they would use it well. Then they would yeah. spend it at the candy store. We could literally go to to Miller's drugstore down the, down the uh, the way and get a bag of candy, assorted candy, for a dime. Gotcha. 
it's like a gift certificate. Yeah, <laughs> but but she just went went to the went to the bank every year on or Halloween and yeah, got a, a dozen rolls of dimes and just give give kids dimes. And she was like, we never touched that lady's house. She was cool. Yeah, and we had some like, other other people in the neighborhood who they were just targets. They'd make sure they were gone and they'd come back and we soaked the windows of their car. Was it worth it? Was it worth it not getting candy? Now you gotta yeah. get this stain out of your car. Yeah. Learn, lesson learned. Uh, bobbing for apples. Bobbing for ugh, I can't imagine doing that nowadays. Just a bunch of people slobbering in there. My turn. Yeah. That's 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 actually how um, how Franklin Roosevelt caught polio. Yeah. Was uh, drinking water from a a community type of thing where other people had their mouths at it and so back in the day that's how polio was transmitted we, we used we played bobbing for apples in school a couple of times i remember yeah. it was just like oh it's so silly guy you're gonna get one oh, now the thought of it we've learned a few things about uh germs and science i suppose well <laughs> these days i don't know if we have <laughs> well well now now you've got um i i read i saw this the other day on tv you you now have a president who is basically telling you to ignore scientists that should be the maybe the tipping point if you're still on the fence. How how have we gotten to a point where scientists, especially medical scientists, are being ignored? Well, he I recently know wrote an exact some sort of executive order that's going to allow him to fire <coughs> to fire Dr. <coughs> Fauci. So that's probably coming shortly. But if Biden was smart, he would just hire him. Oh yeah, Biden will Biden will bring him back. So Absolutely, maybe he won't after that. Like oh, hmm. so we'll see. That would be. Well, uh, we, we, uh, we, we try not to spend too much time in segment number three talking about politics, but I will tell you that, you know, what if we knew for sure that if there was a mask mandate for two months, everybody, whenever you leave your home, whenever you go into any kind of public place or you're around other people, you have to wear a mask. What if we did that for two months and got a hold of this thing? And then we didn't have to do it anymore. Americans would go, nope, it's my right to not right. not have to wear a mask if I don't want to screw the world. you got the libertarians thinking that they're, you know, oh, because, because of what I want or doesn't want. And even if it affects all of you, fuck you. It's don't, don't, don't misunderstand an inconvenience as a, uh, as, as a strike against your liberty. It's sometimes you have to make sacrifices because maybe you're not the center of the universe. You know, maybe it's it's more about that than it is. I'm I'm not gonna listen to some some asshole tell me I need to put on a mask. It, it, you don't get it if that's what your argument is. It's, All right, enough politics for second yeah. number three. It's time for Mount Rushmore. This week's Mount Rushmore in honor of Halloween, which is uh, coming up this Saturday night. Um, so, uh, what, what's been your best Halloween costume of your life? Man, you know, you would think, given the industry that we're in and how we're kind of around entertainers, you'd think my costumes would be creative. But we I, we, oh, we have to work those nights, so well, getting into a cumbersome true. costume is weird. That that is something that that I didn't even was thinking about. You're right. When we have to dress up for a Halloween party, we need to be able to get around. I'm trying to think of what I was the last time I did one. It's it's <laughs> suddenly. That was a whole lifetime ago. I, you know, I never really had any creative costumes. A lot of times I would dress up as a dead hockey player because I could just put on my gear, not have to really do anything. I could put a little blood makeup on or something around my eyes. And it was a cop-out. I didn't have to buy a costume, and I didn't have to wear a mask. You know, I didn't put my helmet on or anything. I just I found it to be, uh, you know, like, really? This, that's the best I can do? I guess I just am not I'm like a party pooper. 
Are you searching for your best costume? Because I see you clicking through photos right now. Yeah. And so I'm thinking there's got to be somewhere in here. So keep talking. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I've been uh, that. One year I was Jason when I was 10 years old. That was fun to be a Jason, Jason, serial killer when you're 10. Jason, Jason. <laughs> like, it's, it's fine with my mom. Just, oh, yeah, you want to be Jason, honey? Okay. Oh, there it is. So I'm looking right now at a photo of Rob dressed up as the Energizer Bunny. And is that Jesse? Yep. With his son dressed up as the little Energizer Bunny. You guys are kind of pointing in opposite directions. So, but I see the uh, logo and everything. Yep. What was funny was uh, that particular year, my uh, my wife said, she goes, so what are you going to do for Halloween? And I said, I have no clue. And so her sister had this pink bunny outfit. I love it. Now, I have no idea why her, her sister would have this bunny outfit. She wasn't the type of chick you'd want to see in a bunny outfit. So I put the thing on, and it fit, and I built myself the Energizer uh, drum. And then my son was about three, and he saw me in the outfit and wanted to be like Daddy. So she made the the outfit for him. And as you can see, I'm, I'm working in the jewelry store Yeah. then. Yep. So I was wearing the costume in the jewelry store, and, and that costume... Especially when my son was there, everybody came in with the aww, right. and we just we would have won several Halloween costume contests had we been in them. Um, but that I, cute factor, and is. I actually DJed a party that same night in that in that costume with the, with the big drum hanging off. I had the drum off to the side. Yeah. Now what what really brought the costume to fruition was I had one of those little pink Energizer bunnies lights that you could squeeze, and I set it on my turntable and it went around constantly. Okay. So it was moving. It looked like the Energizer Bunny was. So that's where the costume nice. really came from. So that's pretty much. That'll always be my uh, my favorite costume. And you know what? That's a timeless costume because it has retro appeal now. That was such an iconic ad campaign. If you were to pull that something out like that today nowadays, they would go, "Oh my God!" It's like it would still work. I think. Yeah. It's, and and he just he's about to turn thirty three. So wow. it was thirty years ago. Wow. I remember. I remember that first commercial. It was a bunch of little animated creepy little dolls. And then that was the last one. And the rabbit just comes in. Boom, boom, They were all hitting a snare, I think. They were just... And it just comes with the bass and takes over the world. All right. Halloween songs. I'm going to let you go first. Because I've got the sound effect ready. Because I know which ones you're going to... I know which ones you're going to do. Because I know what's going on inside your brain. Yeah. I mean, I think there's... Is there any doubt what one of the first two is uh, Monster Mash I, I guess would be I, I could think of the other obvious obvious one right off the top but Boris one of those iconic songs it was the mash it was the monster it's not Halloween until you played Monster Mash and you know it's 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 as a from a DJ point of view it's not too loud. It's not too aggressive. It's short. It's just like a nice Halloween-themed cutesy song, almost sung in character, basically. So uh, I think that's got to be one of the top two. And what was the and what was the and Dracula uh, rose with his with his vocal group the let's see if you remember oh um, the Crypt Kicker Five the Crypt Kicker Five <laughs> man. That, that is a really involved... They put some thought into yeah. that. Right? With his vocal group, I, the Crypt Kicker 5. Wow. I don't remember that line. I must have been focused on the chorus. When but you yeah. get to my door, tell them Boris sent you. <laughs> and I, that was like late late 50s, early 60s, I, I think. I, I think it was early 60s, but I, I, I 
could be wrong, but I, I feel like that's just, it's, a, it's iconic. You, you can't think of Halloween without knowing a Monster Mash or hearing it. And I think, I would say even young kids probably are aware of that because it's been played continuously. Right. Well, we got to definitely got to carve uh, Monster Mash into the Mount Rushmore, followed closely by... Thinking of Vincent Price. Yeah. <laughs> great, uh, great trivia question. When I asked that, who was the uh, who was the actor who did the vo- vocal parts for uh, Thriller? And you know, I, I, people text me, yeah, Morgan Freeman, you know, James Earl Jones. I'm like, oh, I hate to break it to you, kids. <laughs> yeah, they 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 were actually people with good voices, you know, before Morgan Freeman, strangely enough. And even before uh, James Earl Jones, but no, Michael Jackson's Thriller, um, and you were just doing the dance for those of you that are home that you couldn't see it. You didn't miss much. You, I don't. It's going to take me a while to get that out of my eye socket. But you know that that dance that people do. That's really it. They they don't do any of the other claps no, no, and, yeah. the, and the and they the can't that, handle the, the the full rhythm of MJ. And they just do that step to the three and hold up your hands yeah. like you're a T Rex and step to the left exactly. and hold your hand up like you're especially a especially since the was it um, thirteen going on thirty became you know that that scene became such a big deal that now that's it, it, to me one of the funny things about playing that song at a party is watching uh, watching people just get exhausted because they don't realize how long the song is oh it yeah. goes on for a while. Absolutely, there because then there's that instrumental part, and then eventually you got the narration, which is another good minute plus. I um, I remember it was October, nineteen eighty four, eighty three, eighty four. Yeah, October of eighty four. MTV started promoting uh, debut of Michael Jackson's Thriller coming up this Thursday at 8 p.m. Tune in to MTV 8 p.m. Thursday for the debut of Michael Jackson's Thriller movie video. Yeah, and it was the uh, it was the highest rated uh, MTV's ever had, yep. ever. Uh, millions upon millions of people watching it. I remember. Was this is this the one that included sort of the making of the leading up to it? Because I had a video that included that and then the video, but it sort of showed this, the makeup. No, this was just the video. Okay. Uh, and then the they then then afterwards they came out with the you know the, the making of yeah, and so on. They showed those contacts and how like apparently they were really painful. Those werewolf contacts. Yeah. It was just fascinating. What was uh, what was amazing to me was uh, they chose. Uh, former Playboy playmate Ola Ray to play the girl. Oh, in the movie in the beginning. In the in, in the video, yeah. O- Ola Ray former Playboy yeah, playmate. Yeah, for, former Playboy playmate Ola Ray. I looked up that uh, that pictorial. For, was just it? for research purposes. Uh, absolutely, mm-hmm. purely for research purposes. Wanted to see if, you know, if maybe he she had she had grown cuz she was only like 5 four or something like that teeny weeny little thing just beautiful beautiful strikingly beautiful young lady but michael jackson had no shortage of strikingly beautiful women in his videos that's uh, true you got to keep the image up at least (laughs) the way you make me feel i don't know what that girl's name was but i knew how she made me feel nobody was thinking well no i he he wasn't thinking anything about about her her. no (laughs) all right uh third on uh, on mount rushmore i i already know i'm already get it queued up wait for you to say it who are you gonna call See, that's how much we know each other. At least in the first three. The, and the, I'm even wondering if the fourth will. This is such an 80s riff. 
Ray Parker. Also, Ray that Parker the, Jr. Excuse me. The Ray Parker Jr. Couldn't hold a candle to Junior. Junior. Junior yeah. and Ghostbusters. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. That whole yeah. God, it's supposed to like the call and response part. Oh, yeah. Just I just you know you can do those at parties too if you want to. But it's just another one of those songs everybody knows. It's one of those very few songs that is so specifically about Halloween mm-hmm. and and the and like the. the ghosts and goblins and all that well ghosts really the movie the movie was a massive uh, a massive hit uh harold ramus a tremendous uh, director but also uh ivan reitman uh great movie and uh but the song ended up being having the longevity that a lot of people didn't think it would and like you said the call who you gonna call that just that just you you can't even say who you're gonna call without somebody saying Ghostbusters. It's just like Marco Polo. It's, it's, you're who no, you're gonna call Ghostbusters. That is the Marco Polo of the music world. You're right. Who are you gonna call? Everybody. There's no other context unless it's some like who are you? <laughs> even in a serious context, like who are you gonna call? The first thing I'm thinking of is well, Ghostbusters. But I guess I should say the police. <laughs> <laughs> who are you gonna call? My bail bondsman. <laughs> bail bondsman. Yeah. <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah, I knew those would be the those would be the three we would agree on. But what we have discovered is a lot of our Mount Rushmores we typically agree on the first three. The fourth one we seem to go there could be twenty. Right. So um, then we just kind of have to pick a few and, and and see if we can argue our way into it or out of it. And uh, did you what, what what have you been? Did you pick one? Are you toying? Yeah, I I think I have one, but I'm, I, I want to hear you. Say I, I I picked one. It's not one that. A lot of people would um, instantly think of as a as a Halloween song. Okay, um, the Adams Family theme. Yeah, you know, I considered that, and then I just wasn't sure if I was going to include themes. But honestly, I would probably play something like I could play that during a Halloween event, and it would fit because they were essentially uh, like like the Munsters, a family of weirdos and monsters. Another there we go. automatic. That was actually my left knee snapping. Right That's what that sound was. <laughs> in rhythm. Yeah, the Adams Family theme is something that uh, I've been playing at, at Halloween parties forever. I do have another quick Halloween party story I wanted to share. Sure. Back in 2000, 2001, I'd been doing a, a Halloween party at a, a little bar down on Indian Rocks Beach called uh, JD's. It is still there, and it is still one of my absolute favorite places. Uh, the owner had had be there for many many years. Well, I went one year uh, back in the day when I had the the goatee and the skinny beard yes. coming down. Um, I went as uh, Will Riker from oh, yeah. the Enterprise. I had the, the uh, I, I, I had right? the red yeah I had the red right. had the red shirt the the black pants the the boots you and did I had that beard and I had the <laughs> I had the hair and I had the beard so I went as Riker. So we go down to to JD's. And uh, I'm setting up, and I'm behind the little bandstand area. And I'm like, hey, everybody, welcome to JD's for the 2001 Halloween Spectacular. My name is William Riker. I'm going to be your DJ this evening. And about that time, back corner of the bar, a guy stands up from a table dressed in full Klingon regalia. Nice. I'm talking full hair, makeup, like whole nine yards. Trekkie to the max. And, dude, this guy's 6'5", got to be 250. And he just looks at me, and this is exactly what I said. I went, of all the bars in the entire galaxy, I picked the one with the huge-ass Klingon. And, we, and I had my picture taken with him later on that night. It was really, really a ton of fun. That's great. And that was the same Halloween party where uh, Jackie, the owner, was giving away a $100 for best costume. 
So me and three other people who weren't in costume were the judges. And there were some people putting together some really good costumes. So this guy was dressed as Moses, and he was perfect. So I'm giving away second place, third place, whatever. And I said, in first prize, a $100 uh, bar tab, good at JD's, blah, 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 goes to Moses. And everybody's clapping and applauding, and he comes up. And he takes the microphone out of my hand. He goes, I'm supposed to be Father Time. And I took the mic back and said, I'm sorry. Moses is the one that's won $100. Mm -hmm. He takes the mic back and he goes, I am Moses. Let my people go. (laughs) You got to love that stuff. At least he got the hint. (laughs) What was your uh, fourth, if not the Adams Family theme? What else did you throw on there? Because I've still got a couple more. Yeah, this, this one, I'm curious to see what you think. How about the time work? Because when I think of Rocky Horror, all those costumes and the characters and I, I, I don't have another obvious pick. So I'm trying to think of a song that makes me f- think of the spirit of Halloween. It's just a jump to the left. And then step to the right. With your hands Pets. on your hips. Yeah. So that that you know, I, I tried looking over a list to, like to pull from, thinking, all right, what 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 here is anything like when I think Halloween, and I do play that sometimes, and I get requested a lot on Halloween from, you know, they have their very very rabid and and specific fan base, so inevitably somebody's going to want to come up and hear it. So I think I'm going to pick that one as uh, as my fourth. Are you familiar with the uh, the Will Smith song "Nightmare yes. on My Street"? Nightmare on My Street is also a good choice. Uh, it's also one you got to play every year. Yeah. Uh, the Adams Groove by the MC Adams Hammer. Adams Groove by MC Hammer. Yes. Well. Um, but definitely Will Smith and MC. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live how they want to live, play how they want to play. This the, 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 the Adams Family. He, he, that was a good song. He got the cat. He got a little extra catchy out of that Adams Family in his own way. It was hard to do, but. That is a catchy one. Yeah. You know who, when that movie came out, um, I looked at Christina Ricci. That was a creepy little girl. Just she played it so perfect, well. perfect for, Wednesday. For, for, for Wednesday. Yes. But I kept catching myself looking at her going, I'll bet she's going to grow up hot. Oh, yeah. And she did. She grew up to be beautiful. She grew into uh, her figure? Yeah. So she grew into a figure. And, uh, yeah. She, yeah, she, she's been... She, she looks a lot like... She, she just looks like a woman now, but she has like those same features, but yeah. grown up in a way that is... You know, she doesn't look like a baby. Yeah. So, the, like, Jodie Sweetin from Full House looks weird now. I don't know if you've seen her lately. I agree. I concur. She looks like an overgrown baby. I would say that it is the opposite effect. And and how does it feel? How does it feel to be the Olsen twins and be like the, the 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 top of the list of every guy's dream threesome? And then all of a sudden they turned eighteen and no one ever wanted them ever again. Just you know, every they did not age well. We all wish that we could keep all of our looks forever. I'm but, telling uh, you, but some 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 of them maintain. But no, uh, Christina Ricci always thought said, she's a creepy little girl, but I bet she's going to grow up yeah. and end up being beautiful. She certainly did. Um, the there's a great great song. Uh, most people have never heard of it. Uh, it's it's only played in real weird obscure settings, mm. and it's by the Crypt Keeper, the Crypt Jam. You know what? I have heard that. 
I, I think I, I think I gave I think I gave you a copy of it because like it, it, it is it is a great dance song if you can blend it into it's got a great groove I wish I wish I had a uh, you know, a, a sample of it here I, and I feel like Tales from the Crypt is so ripe for a a reboot of some sort or it's it's got that retro appeal right now it was such an interesting show you know if you and I'm not even really into horror necessarily. Mm-hmm. But that show on HBO always drew me in. You know, Danny Elfman with his incredible haunted theme songs that he always comes out with. He he, and and John Cassiers, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, just a sort of intro, like a like a creepy Twilight Zone ripoff. But it was an interesting show. And there was also a a, a song called "I Put a Spell on You" by Screamin' Jay Hawkins, yes. which is a great Halloween song. Again, very as Halloween. well. I would say put a spell on you again. You're talking specifically about that realm of of wonder and, and costumes and stuff. So I would say that's a good a good honorable mention as well. Spooky by uh, Dusty Springfield. Although I like Dusty, so maybe that's me. This has got to be early 90s. That drum beat. Just listen to the jam. It's like funkadelic almost. That's about all we want to play without getting in trouble from yeah. from the uh, music police. Yeah, Crip Jam. Uh, it's it's available on on YouTube video, and uh, I've been telling my DJs for years play that at a Halloween party. But you you would never open up with that to an empty mm-hmm. dance floor because people only dance to what they're familiar with. Yeah. If you could lead into that, that's a great something. yeah, a great one of those theme songs like or just in between dancing. If you if people want to hear a spooky song, it it fits. Yeah, it definitely it fits. And uh, you mentioned earlier the Munsters. Yes. Munsters. Yes. <laughs> like as, as much as the Adams Family fits, I think the, the Halloween movie theme is, is, is also, you know, is, is pretty, uh, pretty well known as a spooky, spooky sounding. And, and finally, I'll close out with uh, Frank Sinatra's Witchcraft. Oh, completely. That was one that was not even on my radar, but yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Witchcraft. Like witchcraft, it. nutty, kooky, witchcraft, yeah. dooby, dooby, doo. I think that's how the song goes. There's, some, or there's doobies in there. Strangers in the Night, Witchcraft, and Doobie. doobie yep, doobie. so the big three we know are definitely going to be Thriller, Ghostbusters, and Monster Mash for sure. Yeah, the fourth one, we're going to have to have a cage People can go to, uh, go to our Facebook page. Yeah. And and chime in and go. I can't believe you didn't think of blah blah blah. Right. Or I can't believe you didn't think of yada yada what yada. What is the fourth one? Yeah. I'll leave that up to the listener. Because it's really a not not a lot of not a lot of. I think right now a lot of new artists wouldn't wouldn't think about doing a Halloween song because they would think, well, it's only going to be popular for one year, then nobody ever play it again. But they don't realize is it gets resold every if, single year. If it's popular enough, that's yeah. how White Christmas became the top selling song in the history of the world. It's because mm-hmm. it gets resold every year on compilations, and everybody wants White Christmas. Well, both Taylor Swift and Rihanna have songs called Haunted. I'm not really familiar with either of them, but they were trying. You know, they they were trying to get it on it. So. They, they at least gave it a... Well, in our business, we're trying to find songs that, that evoke dancing, movement, slow or fast. And yeah. sometimes they're great songs, but just they don't involve any... 
action. Yeah, it's very no, specific to, or, to, or to, to write a great dance song. You know, it, it may seem so easy because it's easy to dance to when you hear one, but it shows you as much songs comes out, how many can you really dance to? I mean, we play some of the heavy hitters still to this day because they still work. It's that hard to write a good one. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't agree more. It's been 20 years mm-hmm. since somebody came out with a ballad that will pack a dance floor like the songs for the previous 30 years. Yeah, it's... And it's, it's Halloween. They're just Nobody comes out with Halloween stuff. There hasn't been one to hit lately. It's been 25. Since the 90s, I would say, there hasn't really been a, a Halloween song that's been, be, like, been part of the rotation. Like even I would say even Nightmare on My Street and, and Adam's Groove would fit into that category of heavy rotation of Halloween-themed songs you might hear at a party or, or a gathering. Right. I can't name one since. No. And, and it's not like we don't do parties every single year. I know. You would think like Maroon 5, like Adam Levine by now would have some kind of candy song. You know, he has sugar. Maybe he should write a song oh, about he's always, candy. He's always busy taking his shirt off. He doesn't have time Man, to write songs. That's what it is. Huh? Yeah, to show everybody his latest tattoo <laughs> that stands out and looks so completely different than all the others. It looks like somebody hit him with a can of permanent silly string. It's just really, really, really big. Don't get me wrong, Adam. I, I really did enjoy their concert. You want to know why I enjoyed their concert? He told people to put their damn phones down. Thank God. He, he sat there and they made the He'll band. Wait. He made the band riff for probably seven minutes until he made it. He said, listen, everybody, I want you to experience at least one song at a concert without looking through your damn phone. Yeah. So I had nothing but respect. I felt like the old man. Get off my lawn. But it shows you how obvious a problem it is and that they even notice as entertainers, even though they're just there to see, sing and they know people are listening, but they're still on their phones. Yeah. Or they're taping it through their phones and watching the concert through the phone. Yeah, it's like, this is the biggest three-dimensional screen you're ever going to see our concert on. Why are you looking at it through that? Watch. I, I, it drives me crazy. So, yeah. I don't know if you're listening. All right, so what have we learned today, Paul? We learned that your first car was a 1988 Civic. An 88 Civic. That was my first baby. Um learned that you made a lot of money wheeling dealing cars growing up not I only was, had had a few i was flipping cars before flipping cars were uh-huh. cool the original car flipper and now i just drive a uh, soccer mom van uh, you know it's, uh, but it's got all the options push button doors it's got and the comfort you need when you're when you're old man and your knee just completely locks up on you you need push buttons P- buttons and comfort more important than anything else. we also learned that uh, no matter what the result is legally of the election we probably will see some I don't know, shenanigans going yeah, on. Yeah, shenanigans. Let's hope the shenanigans aren't too shenanigan-any. Shenanigan-any? Yeah, let's hope is more that, the shenanigans. Is that, is that one of your new, like, rock ballady words? I'm working on it. I'm trying to I'm trying to form my own dictionary. <laughs> Definitely want to thank all of our uh, sponsors, Size Fitters Comedy Club, uh, Game Show Party. Your our, forever story. Yep, my forever, my story. forever story. My or, or it could be yours, could but be it's, yours. I think of the website's my, my the number four ever story dot com. Check it out, won't you? Hi. It's Rob Smith of the LSD Podcast. Oh, hi, everyone. That's how I'm supposed to say it. There it is. <laughs> and uh, who else? Uh, cupcakes, Cup of course. Um, that uh, that pie, the pie that you brought me last week, gone by the next day by uh, lunch. I'm very glad. If you missed last week, um, Rob was talking about the Bluebird Bakery Southern Custard Pie that he grew up eating in, in the Indiana area. And uh, we were able to find a copycat recipe, so... 
tried to mimic that sort of nostalgia. If you've never it tried was, it, it was successful. Delicious um, pies. Uh, my 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 deepest and my sincerest thanks goes out to uh, the lovely Autumn and uh, Cuppy Cakes for for doing that for me. It was better than cupcakes with our logo on it. Uh, even though I still think those should happen, no, uh, no, pretty much. Um, also, you can uh, email us at listener at lightersideofdark.com. We definitely want more emails from you guys. You can visit us on the LST uh, podcast uh, Facebook page, Lighter Side of Dark, spelled exactly the way according to the English language it's supposed to be. We'd love to have your input on any Halloween songs that maybe we missed. Have a safe and happy Halloween this weekend. Um, what's our Mount Rushmore going to be next week? Next because week. next week it'll be after the election. Oh, no. Oh, boy. This could mm. change. This, this, yeah. could, uh, this could, just like last week, change. Now, if Biden wins in a landslide, we're not going to be worried about talking about Trump in segment one. That's true. That'd be, that'd be nice for a change. Maybe we should get away from politics for a little bit. Um, I just let's just leave this one open yeah, we'll and let's open. chat a little bit. We'll put it on the uh, on the podcast once we decide. Everybody, wear your masks. Social distance. The more people that wear masks, the faster we get over this. We've discussed this. We've solved the problem. You all need to listen. Paul, it's been a pleasure working with me. It really has. Look forward to next week. All right, episode four, season dose is now in the books. Take care, everybody. See you next week. See ya. Side of Dark is produced at the My Forever Story Studios in Spring Hill, Florida, in association with RSP Entertainment and Events, and Solio Entertainment, written and produced by Rob Smith and Paul Solio, edited by Rob Smith, original music provided by Elijah Seth Book, available on Instagram. All material used in the show is done for entertainment purposes only and not to be taken seriously. Available on Facebook at LSD Podcast. Lighter Side of Dark, copyright 2020.